You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is, this, this, this is Views is from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. The Views from Mid Street podcast rolls on. Rob Brown, Lonzo Wrightsell with you. Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast or if you've got a Carolina Panther fan in your life that you love, you're going to want to make sure you hook them up with the Views from Mid Street podcast available where major podcasts are found on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, or free on the Odyssey app. Pick it up, subscribe, and download to the Views from Mint Street podcast. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the quarterback spot. P.J. Walker, 16 of 22, a pair of touchdowns, no interceptions, and quite frankly, just out-dueled Tom Brady. A prediction that exactly zero people would have made on Sunday morning before that game started, except maybe P.J. Walker himself, but he got it done. And I think you've got to be impressed. And like I said, to, to carry over from what we ended the last segment with, I think when you took away 22, I think at that point, Ben McAdoo, Steve Wilk, they had to come up with a way to cater the offense to P.J. Walker's strengths and weaknesses. And I think, They actually did a really good job of that. They did not ask him to do too much, but they trusted him to get down the field. They involved DJ Moore, a nice security blanket for PJ. They had the running game working strong so that PJ never had to feel like he had to kind of do it himself at that point. And, uh, you know, I, I think he stepped up and did the right thing. Before we get into the debate, and it will be a debate, about whether PJ Walker should start this week at Atlanta. No, uh, man, we got, we got to fight. We're going to fight. It's not going to be a debate. We're going to fight. Fair enough. Before we get into the verbal fisticuffs that will accompany that question here in just a minute, uh, just your overall thoughts on PJ Walker, because as far as I am concerned so far, Alonzo, PJ Walker has had the best individual game that any Panther quarterback has had so far this season. And I don't know that that's even really a debate. All right. So uh, the overall, I agree. There were, there were times where Baker really, really shone and uh, it just wasn't consistent. But as far as the overall game, yeah, you're right. Um, I also want to point out that last week on this podcast, we talked about how uh, not only did we say what we always say that they need to run the ball, but I thought it would be kind of cool if they took that very first play when they knew they were going to be in the box and threw it deep, and they did. And suddenly you saw 
wait a minute, that was a precise pass that, that P.J. Walker threw. Uh, it was dropped, and it shouldn't have been dropped, but that was a precise pass, and it lets you know, okay, maybe they're actually going to throw the ball today. And they did. They had the right mix, the mix that a running team has. A running team will throw the ball every once in a while to keep you honest because when you keep crowding up as a defense, you're going to get some guys open, which D.J. Moore got open, and so some passes were able to be completed later. I think if you keep this mentality, no matter who the quarterback is is in there, if you're able to run the ball, it's going to open some things up, and you're not going to expect um, – because I'm curious about uh, about the run-to-pass ratio the first five games. Guarantee you it was two-to-one pass. And in this case, it wasn't anymore. If you go two-to-one pass, then you know – the other team knows you're not running the ball. Now you flip that, and you got guys who can actually run the ball and get yards. Who knew that would happen? We did. Um, and then you're going to open things up. So this is the it, going forward, and maybe it's a matter of the defense they were facing in Tampa Bay. But I think for the most part, Carolina can be a running team, and it may not matter who the quarterback is in there. Maybe. Um. They are a run team. I, I think the the identity has been established, right? Like most coaches you talk to are going to tell you that a couple of weeks into season, you want to have your identity. You want to know who you are as a team. And I think it, it was kind of easy for us, and I think I'm guilty of this as well. I think it's kind of easy for us to have looked at this team through the first four or five weeks of the season and said – our identity is we're a defensive team, right? Like that's our identity. We're a defensive team because we are a defensive team. Uh, even this weekend, great to see the offense putting up points, but the defense getting after Tom Brady's hindsight and stopping him from ever getting comfortable was as much a defensive win as anything else. So I think it's easy for us to say we're a defensive team and kind of dismiss it in that direction, Lonzo, uh, we have found our identity offensively. We are a team that needs to run the football. We need to run the football with Foreman. We need to run the football with Hubert, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Excuse me. I know that it is kind of a, a, a captain obvious statement here, but we really haven't done that until this weekend. You do that this weekend, and all of a sudden we're beating Tom Brady. All of a sudden, we are a game out of the lead of the NFC South. Granted, that's because the NFC South is an absolute dumpster fire division, but we are a game out of the NFC South. And by the way, undefeated in, in the South. If We're the, undefeated in the South. Yeah, We're undefeated out. in the South. If the Bucks lose to the Ravens, they've got Thursday night football, which Thursday night football has been very weird this year. If the Bucks lose to the Ravens, and the Panthers beat the Falcons on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers will be in first place in the NFC South. We were talking about a tank job three days ago, and if we get some help from Baltimore and go into Atlanta and knock off a Falcons team that just lost by 20 to Cincinnati, a Cincinnati team that needed every bit of four quarters to scrape by a bad New Orleans Saints team, Ladies and gentlemen, a, a week from today, next Monday's pod, fingers crossed if we do our freaking jobs, the pod next Monday could be Lonzo and I talking about how this football team, this 
Carolina team is leading the NFC South into the playoff race. That's unbelievable. This is this is a fantasy land that you're living in, Rob. There's no way that that could be a possibility, except for it is. And uh, you, I want to point out, very guilty of talking about the future. And I get where you're coming from, but the future could be now. And being a little bit of homer on this, yeah, because of what we just seen happen uh, yesterday. What we saw happen on the field, if you repeat that next Sunday, could be in first place without McCaffrey. Without McCaffrey. And maybe with P.J. Walker as a starter. So, you know, it's very, very interesting. It goes back to, uh, what was that? I think it was 2014, Lonzo. It was 2014 when we won the NFC South with a losing record. Uh, I, I want to say we ended that year. Goodness, what was the record that you're? I don't remember. I think we had seven wins that year. It was either it was. I think it was seven or eight. But yeah, yeah, it would probably have had to have been seven. And, and listen, don't get me wrong. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna catch a garbage division it's a good year to do it with the team being as bad as it is and again they looked really good yesterday but one game does not a team make uh wasn't it parcells that said your record set you are what your record says you are we got a lot of work left to do but a lot of work to do certainly looks like the possibility of catching a playoff now as i want to do sometimes and it does drive Alonzo up a wall. Let me bring a little dose of reality as I see it onto the pod and get his reaction. Number one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tampa Bay did not look like Tampa Bay, and I got a sneaky suspicion that is not the Tampa Bay team we're going to see all season, right? Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. I frankly hope that it is, but that might not be the Tampa team we see all season. You go back. You have the who was it uh, Goblin that dropped the 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 or Evans that dropped the ball right down the middle of the field that would have been a touchdown and changed the complexion to that game. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, that team could be back. I am keeping an eye on the New Orleans Saints. As lousy as the Saints have been, also a two-win football team, they have also been ransacked by injuries over the past three or four weeks and still had a couple of close games. We've still got one more date with Destiny down in New Orleans. I would keep an eye on the Saints. And while I do think at the end of the day the Falcons are still the Falcons, the Falcons are a team that is all square for first place right now with the Buccaneers uh, overall record-wise. I don't see them sticking around that long. I kind of see them the opposite of Tampa Bay. I feel like they're playing at a higher level the last few weeks than they're actually worth. We'll find out. But for now, you take what you got, you celebrate. Uh, you know, and, and even for those of us that have said, move McCaffrey, move Anderson, and start building for the future and a first overall draft pick. 
Uh, I will tell you this, Lonzo, as long as we are mathematically playoff enabled, you keep playing to win. You keep playing to win because you never know what's going to happen. Once we hit the playoff elimination, I'm fine to just pull the starters, play the backup, let them get some XP and grow. But considering not just that we're wild card potential, because we're not wild card potential, it's win the division or bust. But we're a game back. And by this pod next week, we could quite literally be holding a single game lead in the NFC South as a whole. Go out there and get it. Go out there and grab the trophy. Let's take this team that everybody, myself included, has been bashing for six weeks. Let's go put Tom Brady in second place and see what happens. All right, so let me channel my inner Dennis Green and say the Bucks are who we thought they were or who I thought they were. All this turmoil outside of, of at home for Tom Brady, I think is filtered onto the team as well as all the injuries that they're having. I think what we saw this week is who Tampa Bay is. So, I, I mean, will Tom Brady pull out some wins? Absolutely, because he's still pretty good, even as ancient as he is. But I, you can tell he's regretting coming back this season. I also think that that Bruce Arians not being there has a little something to do with it. I don't see Tampa Bay getting back to where everyone expected. And in that case, it's it's Tampa or anybody else. That's what it is. At the beginning of the season, everyone thought for sure that the Buccaneers were just going to run away with this thing, and they have not. And the fact that every player on the Panthers have to be looking going, dude, we can be number one this week. We can be number one in the division this week. And, yeah, the Panthers have five losses, but you know what? There's still a lot of football left to play. There absolutely is. You're talking about winning the division with a losing record? They could, Unless my math is wrong, and it could be, they could still win the division with a winning record, could they not? They They'd have to could, win the rest of the games, but still. It would be a mighty ask to do so. Um, but again, we don't talk about 2014 and go, ladies and gentlemen, your 2014 NFC South champions, the sub 500. We don't do that, right? You get a divisional championship, you get to hang a banner, and you get to go to the freaking playoffs. And right now, I think that's the direction we move in. Um, and on top of that, you consider the fact that right now you look atop the NFC standings, and I think even the sub-500 teams have got to be a little bit interested in it right now, right? You've got the off-the-buy 6-0 and Eagles, and while the Eagles have looked good, there's a lot of people, I think yourself included, Zoe, that kind of believe that the Eagles maybe are playing uh, above the metric right now, and we'll come back to reality. The Giants went down to Jacksonville and needed a remarkable play to get by the Jaguars. The Cowboys are the Cowboys every single year. The Seahawks look much better, but at the same time, do you really believe that Geno Smith is that type of dude? The Rams are certainly beatable, despite the fact that they got us. It wasn't our best new look yet. The Niners and the Cardinals are both sub-500. The Vikings are the Vikings. The kings of crap in the bed are the Minnesota Vikings. And everybody else, including the Packers, are three and four right now. And out of our division, like I said, we're a game back of the Bucks 
and the Falcons. We've got a win over Tampa. We got a chance to put away the Falcons this weekend and go three and zero against the division. Uh, if there is a year that a bad team or a bad team early in the season could show up, could shock some people, and could make a deep run, Lonzo. This is as good of an opportunity as it's ever been. And while, yes, I want that first overall draft pick, I want the pick of the litter when it comes to our next year's starting quarterback, because I love you, PJ. I think you should get the start this week, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I still think we got to go quarterback with the first overall. Uh, if we have it, if we have it, I want pick of the litter there but I want a Lombardi more than I want that. And if we can make a run at an NFC South crown, that is the way you handle it. And right now, Tampa has been knocked out of our way. New Orleans has been knocked out of our way. Atlanta is next. And that's a beatable football team on the road in Atlanta. You know, I don't want to get my my hopes crazy up after a single win, though, but I really want to beat Atlanta. I really do. Yeah, me too. And I, I want to say this. If this team can rattle off seven wins or, or, what, or make the playoffs and win the division, Steve Wilkes is your coach next year. Because what a turnaround that will be in his uh, – in this is him trying to show what he can do. If he's able to turn things around and win the division, why would you get rid of him? You're not wrong.